electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Chat GPT maker OpenAI reportedly closing in on an $86 billion valuation. Why it's selling shares now, to whom, and its unorthodox corporate structure. It's Thursday, October 19th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. Our story today, OpenAI getting closer to a deal that could value the startup at $86 billion. But it's not raising money, D. It is not raising money. This is a tender offer, according to Bloomberg, meaning that there's no new money involved. Rather, it's going to let employees and existing investors sell some shares. And that really continues a trend that's been building over the last decade. We talk a lot about this on Tech Check, Gilbert, but some of the most exciting startups have allowed insiders to cash out on some of their equity. And that relieves pressure to IPO, which is a much larger liquidity event with public disclosures, price discovery, and a listing making this company public so that ultimately lets the ordinary investor participate in the upside or the downside. OpenAI isn't alone here. Unicorns like Stripe are essentially staying private for longer, i.e. uninvestable for longer. And I always remember, Mark, when I first got here in San Francisco, I was covering companies like Uber and Lyft and Instacart, and they were growing like crazy, but they were uninvestable to the American public. So what these tender offers do is just relieve that pressure, let them stay private for longer. And, you know, a lot of the CEOs, founders that I speak to here, it's not, they don't particularly want to be public companies because then you're subject to that reporting cycle that kind of consumes you. I think that's a key point, right, is that they'd like to stay private. And so this is a way to relieve some of that pressure from employees who might be clamoring for, you know, they might be getting paid in smaller salaries so that they could hold on to equity. And now they need to get rid of some of that equity to, you know, pay for a house or, you know, college or something like that for their right. kids. You see how that worked at Instacart, right? This company was one of the last unicorns, missed its opportunity to go public, and you had employees within the company clamoring. They were only had money on paper. The IPO is the event where the employees and the venture capitalists turn that paper money into real money, depending, of course, on how it goes. Now, you brought up Stripe, but to put this in a little context, this deal for OpenAI would make it one of the most richly valued startups on Earth. The two bigger right now would be TikTok parent ByteDance in China and Elon Musk's SpaceX. Um, but it's not just the size of this company that's unusual. It's also its structure. Exactly. And we're in a new era. Remember the era of AI hype. So everything's got to be a little different. And OpenAI has a twist on a normal corporate practice. The company is classified as a capped profit. So limited partnership governed by a nonprofit board. And I got to say, Mark, when we set out to do the story this morning, it sent my head spinning because we haven't really seen something like this. Let's break it down. It essentially means that there's a for-profit business. We know that, right? Especially because now OpenAI is sort of part of the Microsoft ecosystem. But it also means that profits in excess of, in this case, 100 times the return on investment will be passed on to a nonprofit company, which governs OpenAI and will disperse 
these profits as it sees fit. A hundred times the return on investment, that's a large number, Mark. But if you go back to the super mega caps at their earliest stages, they easily got there. Right. And this is very new. You don't see a lot of cap profit companies in corporate America. And I mean, as you, as you laid it out, but I feel like it's important to sort of reiterate it, that if an early investor puts in, let's say, $1 billion, once the company pays back $100 billion on that investment, if there is some you know IPO or liquidity event where they get an 100x return, which as you pointed out, is still huge, then any return beyond that $100 billion, you know, the, the upside is not infinite, right? The, 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 the return beyond $100 billion starts going back to this nonprofit, uh, which is, uh, you know, very different than the structure we see on Wall Street. And important, this circles back to our first point, that this is a private company. So who can get that return? only an elite class of investors, right, who are able to invest in the earliest stages of a company's life cycle. So venture capitalists and accredited investors, who's going to profit from this? It's not the ordinary investor if OpenAI was a public company. So just want to go back to that point as well. well. And I also think, you know, I, I think part of this, right, is a little bit of marketing. If you were Google, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, going around to VCs to try to raise money, you'd say, Yes, of course, you could lose all your money, but the upside is infinite. OpenAI now in 2023, it, it, it doesn't even have to say that you could lose all your money. They're saying the minimum, of course, it, it, of course, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be raising at, at billion dollar valuations. It's your upside that's capped at 100x, which immediately puts, you know, in an investor minds, oh, 100x, that's, you know, that's pretty big, which would still be an incredible <laughs> outcome. For for you know any any VC backed startup, right? It's like don't focus on what you could lose. Let's put right, the emphasis right. on what you could make, which is a hundred times return and on. You can investment. only make a hundred times on your investment. Which raises the question: Who is selling in this tender offer? That's always the question. In secondary markets, they're opaque. We won't know this, right? We can try and ask some insiders, some of the VCs we talked to. I don't know, you know, that we're going to get a full picture here, but that's a very important question. Who's going to be buying? Is it going to be sort of the later stage investors that have, you know, jumped on a hype cycle late, like the Tiger Globals and the SoftBanks of the world? And are you going to see some of the earliest investors like a Sam Altman, like a Reed Hoffman cash out here and say, okay, we'll take a 50 times investment, maybe not a hundred times investment. And that's good enough for us. Or is it going to be the employees? This isn't as old a company as some of the oldest unicorns in the ecosystem. That's what I was going to say, right? Is that this is not an example like an Instacart or an Uber where this thing has been sitting around and you might have early employees who've been there 10, 15 years, um, you know, who need some liquidity on their investment. This company is not that old. Um, right. And this gets to another sort of unusual part of the structure in that this is a nonprofit. So who's controlling the nonprofit? Six individuals are on the board and they will have control of OpenAI's ultimate profitability. Who are they? Three of them are from the startup's founding team that includes Sam Altman. And the other three are tech entrepreneur, entrepreneurs that are working elsewhere in artificial intelligence. Right. And, I, you know, we, we talked about this mo this morning and you brought up the point of who these people actually are, the other three. And so I went and just did a little bit of, of research. So it's Tasha McCauley, Helen Toner, and Adam D'Angelo. Tasha McCauley is uh, a researcher and a robotics expert at Rand Corporation. Helen Tony is a uh, is a, a researcher, and, and now she uh, runs an organization that gives out grants. Uh, she's a researcher at Georgetown. And Adam D'Angelo is the CEO of Quora, which, of course, has been around for a long time. 
definitely all, you know, all with an engineering background, scientists, technologists, but not definitely not names that Wall Street is familiar with. Definitely not names that even I would say, you know, it's not like a, a, a Peter Thiel or a Mark Andreessen uh, that are really, you know, or even a, a Reed Hoffman who are heavyweights right. in, in the tech industry. And that's key because the world of generative AI really revolves around research, right? And how many researchers and data scientists you have on your team. So I think that that's an important distinction. Fun fact, one of those people, I can't remember which one. It's is Tasha. To. I know you're going to say. <laughs> Tasha Joseph McCauley. Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, Tasha McCauley is married to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's what you, you learn these things just when you Google someone, you find out these little... In, in my mind, for some reason, um, this is an actor that should be married to a data scientist. I don't know why. It just, it just it yeah it works just naturally flows. Works. So um, the other point, right, is that is that OpenAI isn't the only company um, doing this. Anthropic, we did some reporting about this, is another generative AI darling. It's a competitor. It has a chatbot and it has these similar quirks where an independent independent five person committee can hire and fire the company's board. Basically, there's an extra layer of governance on top of the board that's working for shareholders. And an extra layer of control, right? So these now massive companies, some would argue the most exciting companies of our generation, are controlled by these small boards at the very top. And we saw this in the 2010s, right? The way that founders were able to retain control for very different reasons, but you had founders like Snaps, Evan Spiegel, and Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg hold on to control past their IPOs. Um, through that dual class structure, right? You sell shares on the open market, but their shares are super voting shares. So it allows them to retain control. So that happened at the IPO, but the biggest AI companies are now ensuring that they hold on to control much, much earlier into their life cycles. And for a very different reason. And I love this part of it, Gilbert, you you explain it. Yeah, right. It, it, Oral it's... considerations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that they actually write this in their charter um, quoting from the charter that they say that their their higher duty is to humanity and not to shareholders, right? So there's this for-profit company, uh, which is which is responsible for making money and doling out profits. And then it's governed by a, a, a parent company that's a nonprofit whose mission is for the betterment of humanity. And we've actually seen this in the public markets, right? Is that CEOs and boards of directors no longer have a fiduciary duty just to their shareholders, but they have to think of society at large. They don't call it humanity, but they call it employees, society this, at this large. Is, this is stakeholder capitalism. It's not just exactly. shareholders. Exactly. And so generative AI is taking this to an entirely different level. And that's because we've had so many conversations about it, the threat of AI to upend humanity as we know it, to go too far and um, have a really net negative effect on society. So these models were built with that in line, but you and I chuckle a little bit at it because isn't that in a way what capitalism is supposed to do? It's supposed to provide these checks and balances. Exactly. And I think if you bring it back to how we started this story, which is talking about the open AI valuation, what's staggering to think about is that open AI is going to raise um, or not going to raise, is going to, is, is going to, um, uh, you know, allow employees to sell at an $86 billion valuation. Clearly, uh, there are there is investor you know interest out there for this for this huge uh, valuation multiple and it's on a company that you're not ultimately going to get to control right it's on a company that is that is ultimately its profits are caps capped its upside is not infinite um, and, you know and it's telling you it's telling you very clearly that in the future 
you know, not not a hundred percent of its revenue is going to go towards its its investors and its shareholders. Right. And we've done sort of a deep dive into the valuation. What does eighty six billion dollars really mean? Um, well, if it makes a billion dollars in revenue this year, it gets a higher revenue to valuation multiple than that of Nvidia, Microsoft, Google, all the mega cap tech giants that we have in the public markets that are investable. So if you're listening to this, make sure you check out our deep dive. I think it was from two weeks ago. Anyways, Mark, this story, there are just so many different angles to dive into. I'm glad that we tackled this one today, but there's definitely more to come. So tune in. We're going to continue to cover the generative AI space, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. CEOs are in the business of making decisions, and it's the outcome of those decisions that define their success. Hi, I'm Sam Reese, CEO of Vistage. For more than 65 years, we've engaged with more than 100,000 executives on this twisting leadership journey that we call a Life of Climb. Join me on a Life of Climb podcast to hear firsthand stories from CEOs about the challenges they've overcome and the lessons they've learned along the way. Listen to a Life of Climb wherever you get your podcasts or at vistage.com slash podcast.